Hello and welcome to the Get in the Mud podcast. I'm your host, Lacey Dean, and I am so glad you are here. Today I wanted to talk to you guys about something that I find to be a crucial component in this journey towards healing. But I wanted to start off with just a little medical disclaimer and saying I am not a therapist, psychiatrist, psychologist, but I am somebody in process. This is not meant to replace any medical or direct care in working with a therapist and a plan directly in your life. If you feel that you would benefit from that, I completely urge you to do so. I have a therapist. Best thing I ever did. I think everybody should have a therapist. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, that if you do feel that you need a next step in pursuing health and pursuing guidance on this journey, I absolutely recommend doing that, and this is not in place of that. So, today we're going to be talking about something that I feel, like I said, is very important, and that is curiosity. What do I mean by curiosity? Curiosity in the sense of we tie so much to our own process, our own emotions, what we think, what we feel. When we believe what we think, when we believe the truth of what we know solely based off of our own experiences, what people think around us, what we've been conditioned to believe and to know, at the end of the day, ultimately, we are stuck in a container that has been made for us. We are an active component within that space. We play roles within that space. We just have learned to accept what is. And a lot of times when we begin getting curious, we allow the opportunity of saying, what if? Allow the opportunity within your day-to-day life, if the situation that you absolutely hated, what if there was another alternative? Or what if I didn't feel this way, not even feeling related, but how can I do something differently? ultimately beginning to question the reality that we have accepted. A lot of times within ourselves, specifically, we've just accepted certain things, right? How many times have you heard people say, this is just the way I am? This is my personality. This is the way my dad talked to me, so this is just what it is, right? Reality, everything we do is a choice. Literally. Everything we do is a choice. Yes, that choice might be easier for you because that's the way your nervous system has been conditioned to make that choice. Or maybe you've seen that choice over and over and over and over again. And a different choice might feel really uncomfortable. But when we start getting curious about the fact that when we tell ourselves these definite things, when we make these loops in our head of you are always or you never or these these definite words and these words that carry so much weight to them, we're ultimately keeping ourselves stuck. And we're keeping ourselves in a space that maybe, maybe there are other alternatives. So beginning to invite curiosity might look like instead of making a judgment on a situation or what that situation might mean for you, taking a step back. And allowing yourself the space to just ask, what if that isn't the case? Or what if the reason I feel this way is because of something else? When we have these reactions, instead of going, it's your fault and these things and whatever the case might be, let's say you're in an argument. 
You triggered me. Okay, the trigger is the invitation. So what about that trigger is causing such a reaction? And it doesn't need to be a judgment. It doesn't need to be have to do anything with you or have to do anything with the, the situation at hand. It can be an observation. And curiosity as an observer versus as a judge is where things are allowed to be able to change, right? Because you're no longer so dependent on the outcome of the observation, but you're seeing the truth of a situation from a different perspective. It's so easy for us to understand that everybody has a perspective and their own conditionings and the ways that they choose to see the world based off of the way that they've experienced the world or have been conditioned and socialized in the world. We can respect that, right? A lot of times we are all very, very selfish and we're only thinking about our own perspective because we live there. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, that's just what we know. So it takes a lot of conditioning and practice to put ourselves in the shoes of others or modeling. You know, if you've had a caregiver or someone in your life who taught you how to do that, that's a skill a lot of times. There are people who have the innate desire to do that, you know, no matter what they've been taught, is that that's their heart. But in a lot of ways, those are things that have been taught. So when we begin putting ourselves in the perspective of others, we're able to see, wow, really, truly, they, they think completely opposite of me. What about that as a threat? That is theirs, and what is mine is mine, right? But when, when we invite a sense of curiosity instead of a sense of judgment, I can look at someone in front of me with a perception very different than mine. And instead of saying it's wrong or that's weird or that's not normal, I can simply say that's different. It's different than me. There doesn't have to be any other judgment attached. I'm curious as to why you feel the way that you feel. I'm curious as to what made you get to that conclusion. And God forbid we learn something, right? Because everybody has something based off of their story. Everybody has something to contribute. We all can learn if we are open enough to get curious. But curiosity feels threatening when we are on the defense, when we are stuck in a narrative within ourselves or our story, when I've tied my identity to the things that I am or the things that I've been, then getting curious and having to shift that completely can feel really scary and I make space for that and hold so much compassion for that. So many people are so identified with the roles that they play, with the job that they have, with the person that they've been, with the mistakes that they've made, with their successes, with their marriage, with their kids. And then how many times do you see any of those things shift and change and the person falls apart? Because in in reality, their identity was never really truly in that place, but they have been conditioned to believe that their value is in that place or their worth or their current life situation, whatever that might be, that is ultimately the purpose of their life. That is who they are. When in reality, that's a portion of the roles that they play within the dynamic of what they've accepted, what they've chosen, where life has brought them. So many ways we are so much more and we miss it. 
I was thinking about this as I lost my grandmother um, a few weeks ago, and at her funeral, we're speaking on her uh, and her life in a way where I realized I only really knew her through the, the perception of my own needs system and my own assumptions, projections, and beliefs that I had about her being my grandmother. You know, grandmas do this, this is what she did, and in the role that we knew her as and that was in a lot of ways the the angle in which we saw her but then you hear about people that she impacted as a friend or her daughter's perception of her or who she was as a kid and you go wow so many ways she had so much more than just that one role that I perceived her to be And in a lot of ways, how do we learn to see people in real time? How do we learn to see them for everything that they are without it needing to be about us? And I'm a firm believer it begins when we start questioning the reality that we believe. When we start asking questions and not being scared that the answer might not be what we want. How many times have you avoided the truth because the truth was uncomfortable? Or the truth pushed something out of us? Or the truth made me ultimately feel like I had failed or that I wasn't good enough? What am I attaching to the truth? Because at the end of the day, it's still the truth. So I'm running from it, but it's still true. I can't change anything from a place that I I lie about or that it's not actually existent. So in so many ways, I have to be able to learn how to sit in the discomfort that will be part of life. Life is going to have a guarantee of discomfort if you're going to do this thing right. The goal is not to be comfortable. Think of how when people tend to grip onto something, it tends to make it worse, right? So many times things change, and it's not even a matter of things changing, right? It's just things evolve, things grow, things transform based off of what is around it, what is poured into it, how it's taken care of. Things change. Everything changes. Sometimes change is wonderful, but it changes. So if I am stuck in saying it has to be just like this forever and I'm going to grip onto it with everything that I am for the love of God, I'm ultimately going to get really, really disappointed and think I'm doing something wrong when something changes. What would happen if we thought about life, about ourselves, about our thoughts, about the experiences that we have, And we view them through the lens of a river. Our thoughts are like the leaves floating on the top. They're going down the river and they pass. But they're intended to flow. We are intended to flow. When we hold and we grip and we fight the current and we do all these things, these things that ultimately we're resisting a current that is ultimately leading us to a different destination. So many ways we cannot fight it. We cannot fight the reality of life. We cannot fight other people's decisions. We cannot fight things working out in a way that we do not wish they did. 
believe me there's been so many times in my life where I went I just wish I know and I'm so sorry and we still have to acknowledge the truth because there is power within the areas in the truth that we can control we are only responsible for how we respond to the truth so what if I can look at my situation instead of immediately jumping to the narrative that I know or attaching all the things that I think I need to to said narrative and I just went huh okay wow that's a really big feeling wow that's a really big emotion I'm really pissed or I'm really hurt I'm really sad and instead of making it a mind game of figuring out how to beat ourselves up We just got curious and we started asking ourselves questions as if we were hoping to understand. Because we don't understand ourselves a lot of times. And just like when we, if we were in a conversation and we jumped to a conclusion without fully understanding or without even trying to get to maybe the fact that there is some truth in it, even if we don't get it or approach it from maybe a different angle. Ultimately, we're not really going to go anywhere. And it's so easy to feel stuck. I know in my life, I felt stuck so many times. I wasted years of my life telling myself a narrative that I'm a victim, that I am woe is me because my life has been hard. And it wasn't fair in a lot of ways. And there were situations that, yes, I wish I could change. But continuing to tell myself that I have the power to change something that is done, or that somehow that makes me broken, ultimately I'm not in a position of power in any way to change any of those things in my life. But when I really start questioning the trigger and realize that the trigger itself is the invitation. And I also want to say there's part of this that is based off of our body and our biology. And I read a whole lot of compassion and also just put this out there that there are reactions within the body that are based off of very real, very significant trauma. So if you've gone through trauma that causes panic attacks or anxiety to the point that you are debilitated, that there are skills and tools that you can use within other medical professionals, with other medical professionals, therapists, um, and trained professionals that can help the nervous system sit long enough in a space that has been very real and very dangerous in the past. I know for me, there'd be many, many times within relationships where people would say like, why is this a big deal? You know, like, did you see what happened? Wasn't, it wasn't a matter of gaslighting. It was that the reaction that was coming up in me, the trigger that was coming up in me had nothing to do with that person. It had to do with the situation that had happened in the past. And my body's intention was to protect me by saying, hey, 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 last time this happened, we were in a lot of pain. Last time this happened... Or something similar to this we could have died or we could have whatever you know 
So, so many of those things that come up for us, as much as we feel like they're tormenting us, what would happen if we realized that again is an inner version of us that knows there's better, that knows and wants us to be safe? The idea of inner child work has been the most healing thing for me in so many ways. Beginning to look at myself as a sweet little toddler or, you know, a young girl, having worked with kids for the last, what, 11 years now, um, on and off, I have just seen so much, so much of what these kids begin to believe and internalize is so dependent on the environment and the modeling that is around them. The way I show up is the way that they will continue to show up and I see it in the way that they literally copy the words and just parrot what I say and how I show up, how I react. And when I'm not in a good place, they're not in a good place. So in so many ways, when we understand that like, we wouldn't shame a six-year-old the same way we shame ourselves. We wouldn't scold a little kid for literally not knowing better because they're kind of brand new here. We think that just because we've been on this planet a little bit longer, that we should know all the things. Like, can we just talk about that for a second? We think because we've been here a while, we figured this thing out. Ask anyone that is considered an elder or someone who has lived this thing for a while. We don't figure it out. So many things happen that are just don't make sense. And they are out of our control. There's no figuring this thing out or predicting it. It's having to learn to show up in this space in what we can control. So what would happen if we let go of the idea that we should know and we begin to approach it from the angle of, I want to learn. If I don't know, I can know. I can try something else. There is an infinite amount of possibility of choices and of outcomes. And especially when we are in a place of insecurity or not feeling worthy of a different outcome or not based off of maybe what we've chosen or what we've experienced, that how could that be possible for me? The invitation that I present to you is not that you have to figure out how that can be possible for you, but just allowing yourself the space, just a little bit of space to say what if it was possible? What would it look like? And then being mindful of what comes up. Because the things that come up normally are our next step in where we need to continue asking more questions. A lot of times those things in us, those hurt areas, I know for me, have been a little girl who has been invalidated, pushed aside, not heard, not seen. And she so desperately just wants to make sure, like, hey, somebody here? Is somebody aware of me? Does somebody, somebody taking care of me? Because I have been in real danger. And that little version of me that for so long did navigate life and did 
think that she had to be perfect in it. That God forbid, y'all, we fail forward. What if we took the pressure off of failure and the idea of failure and we understood it's not meant for success, you passed the test or you failed. It's literally about learning. It's about pivoting. Do you have the humility to say, I don't know? But I also can find out. There are so many things that are out of our control and there are so many things that we cannot change. But guess what? The one thing I can promise you that is in your control is you and what you choose. Everything changes when we begin to question. And in the small areas, it doesn't have to be question everything. That can also feel really debilitating too. Last year, I ultimately reached the point in my life where I realized, hey, wait, everything that I know is not true. (laughs) It's a very definite big statement, but so many ways I felt so overwhelmed by the conditioning that I had had for years and years that I had such a perception that was just twisted and I hated it and I remember saying you know just in in a moment of just breakdown I feel like everything I've been taught is black and white you either fail or you succeed you're either good or you're bad you either this or that and life is gray And I don't know how to navigate that. It made me feel so ungrounded and so unsafe because I just, I felt like everything I thought and knew to be true was not actually the case. And the reaction, the person in that conversation with me was life isn't gray, it's a thousand colors. It's meant to be lived and it's meant to be seen. And that will stick with me for the rest of my life. Because what if that same feeling of not feeling grounded and not feeling sure, what happens if we leaned into that and said, you know what, that's where the freedom is. Because what I did know to be true wasn't good for me. What I did know, how I did know how to show up, how I actively lived for so long because that's all I knew that wasn't working life is not black and white so at some point or another either I continue in a narrative and in a story that I have been conditioned to think I am stuck in or I have to be in where I make a choice to be uncomfortable and ultimately feel a little little all over the place for a little bit and I needed that And that's where having support, having people in your life, having therapists, having professionals that can ultimately help us navigate these spaces is some of the best things we can do. Because ultimately, the longer we avoid it, we're just going to find it elsewhere. Because it's a valid need. So much of our behavior is based in valid needs. Again, working with children has been one of the most healing experiences for me. So much of my hurt came from childhood. And ultimately realizing, wow, these kids in so many ways, they don't know better. They ultimately had a valid need 
and found a way to get it met. It's actually pretty resourceful if you think about it. People are resilient and we are taught, you know, we got to survive where we are. So if I can't get love and connection this way, if I can tell you, hey, look, I miss you, I love you, and you scold me or you push me aside or this and that, I still need love and connection. So maybe I can find it in a different way or maybe I can get attention from you by bad behavior. So many of the things are based in a valid need. And we stop analyzing and judging the behavior, we can actually see the the need. And we realize it had nothing to do with the behavior. The behavior was the mechanism to get the need met or attempt to get the need met. So then you have adults that have just been doing these cycles for the rest of their life. Well, I was invalidated as a kid, therefore everybody's going to invalidate me. Therefore, this, that, and the other. And we make these judgments and these belief systems that follow us forever. We see the world through these lenses. And we believe everything as we've experienced it without ever questioning. And truly making the space necessary to question if that was actually the case. I remember a few months ago, ultimately reaching the conclusion, so much of the perception of myself I had in childhood was actually a projection. It's so much of what I identified as who I was, was a projection of an adult caregiver. I didn't identify with that at all. And people didn't identify that in me either. But I carried a certain thought process about myself because that was spoken over me for so long that that's just who I was this is how, this is what you like this is what you don't and realizing like wait a second is that true was that really the truth and realizing wow no <laughs> no it wasn't we continue these cycles because we just don't stop long enough that we can even identify them So how do we do this? How do we begin getting curious? How do we begin this work that feels like a mountain? That is much too big for us. And I want to encourage you, there's not a timeline. There's no such thing as being done. And there's no such thing as comparison in this place. Because everyone's story is unique to them. I don't know the ways in which your heart has broken. I don't know the ways in which your your hopes and expectations have been shattered. I don't know the beautiful moments that you've seen. But you do. Which is why you need your support in this first. So getting to a place where within ourself, before anything else, we begin to get curious when we have thoughts or when we find ourselves making judgments on ourselves or we think, you know, ultimately, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I shouldn't this and that. Why am I reacting this way? Why did I make that choice? Instead of it, see even how that is said. Why did I do that? I'm so dumb or I'm so this or I'm so... Beginning to ask, 
but really why why do I why did I make that choice why is that making me feel the way that I'm feeling and understanding you know too there is not necessarily a clear concrete answer to certain things but when we begin to invite curiosity we take some of the seriousness the depth the weight away because the answer doesn't threaten our own perception of ourselves our worth or our value in the world the analogy of our thoughts being like a leaf on the river I did a meditation one time where we were just envisioning that that you envision a river and you envision it flowing down and you see a few leaves and you see them you look at them and they pass so oftentimes that is exactly the same case with our thoughts our thoughts can feel really scary when we haven't checked in with ourselves for a really long time have you ever had a conversation with someone and there's so much to fill them in on and it can feel kind of overwhelming because it's been a while since you've actually had a conversation with them think of how long it's been since you were honest with yourself since you really checked in with yourself since you really had a conversation and said how we doing What's going on with you? Catch me up. When we begin to cultivate skills of mindfulness, meditation, anything that gets you with a deeper connection back to you, whether it's through prayer, through, um, through exercise, through dance, through whatever that is for you, I find meditation can be so many different things. But having a baseline that I, I know for me, I begin meditation um, via videos online. There's so many things even on like Netflix and things like that um, with Headspace and other areas that offer resources for people to start beginning to practice just a stillness where we can actually pay attention to what's going on in our mind. We're so activated all the time. We're so entertained we're so busy that we haven't checked in in a really long time and so it kind of opens the floodgates sometimes but the more we pay attention and the more we're there we start realizing wait a second our thoughts are kind of all over the place just as is we think thousands and thousands of thoughts on a daily basis and those thoughts have nothing to do really with you we choose to believe those thoughts we choose to internalize those thoughts we choose to whatever how many times have you been in a situation where you thought something and you go what are you no stop like that's not we don't have to believe everything that comes up our thoughts are like the river Right? Our thoughts are the pieces of the leaves in the river. You can look at them, understand they are part of the river, but they got to keep going. They can flow. We tie our belief systems to something that had no intention in staying or was not the truth. 
I can tell you all day long. The sky is purple. The sky is purple. Don't you see it? It's purple. Seriously, I'm not kidding. Look at it. It's purple. Are you, you must be colorblind. For real. Look at it. I'm not even kidding. I can make it convincing. I can be passionate about it. I can pretend. It doesn't matter. Is it the truth? No. So as believing thoughts, thoughts about you that might not be true. Maybe what your parents said about you wasn't true. Maybe that person in high school that was unkind to you and made a comment about you that stuck with you forever, maybe they were just a jerk. Maybe they were hurting. Maybe it had nothing to do with you because it normally doesn't. But we allow these things to be deposited into the person that we are. And then we make choices from that space without understanding that those judgments on us were not even about us. So let's begin to take that back. Let's begin to hold our thoughts captive and go, whoa, wait. When I've cultivated the skills to sit with myself long enough that I can kind of pay attention to what's going on, next time I have these big emotions or a trigger or a big reaction, could I just begin to ask myself, doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to have a resolution, doesn't have to have any anything other than just the beginning of curiosity. How can I invite curiosity into those places? And just ask, hmm, what is really going on for me right now? What about this trigger brought this reaction in me? Is it really the situation? What's that person disrespecting me? What about disrespect feels so threatening? And when did that begin? How can we start picking these things apart? Little by little. Because then ultimately we realize, wait a second. A lot of times it had nothing to do with the actual situation at hand. And when we get those triggers and we get those, that data that's reminding us, hey, 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 there's something here. We gotta look at this. That's the invitation to look at it, to fully process, look at, and be able to reach a different conclusion and from that space make different choices. But we cannot do that if we are running from ourselves and we are so stuck in what we think we know. We are learning till the day we die. And anyone who tells you they know everything, throw it out the window. The door. Because at the end of the day, we are trying our best. But we're also doing this thing live. We're doing this thing in real time. We are doing the best that we can with constant stimulus. Sometimes I think about it like an improv class. Life is kind of like an improv class forever, right? You go to these classes and ultimately you're presented with a scenario or situation and you're kind of just put on the spot and you got to just figure it out. Act, do something, say something. How many times does life put us in situations where we go, well, this requires a response from me. I got to do something with this. And we are literally just presented with these things like loss and 
transition and grief and all of these heavy, difficult, joy even, love, all of these things. And we just are told, okay, here you go, figure it out. In so many ways, because we do not know what we're doing. And can we have the humility to say that we do not know what we're doing? And that's okay. I know that feels scary because we want certainty and we want control and we want to be safe. And in so many ways, there is so much freedom when we let go of the idea that we ever had it in the first place. We do not have control. And in many ways, I'm kind of glad. Because I know the times that I thought I was in control of my life, I made quite a mess. I'm a firm believer in God and the plan that God has had for my life from day one in orchestrating things in ways that I couldn't. I can't even begin to tell you. And there have been times where I wanted something and I said, literally, like, please let this happen for me. Why are you taking everything I want away? And now, knowing what I know and seeing what I'm stepping into and the things that have happened and needed to happen in my life in so many ways, that I go, oh, okay, yeah, I can see that. (laughs) I can see why we had to do that one because it's showing up here now. Or I couldn't have had that relationship that I begged for because God knew what was five years down the road. There's so many things. I don't know what's best for me, guys. I don't. I'm learning to deeply value and respect the person that I am. And in that, I will protect her. I will guide her. And I will continue making choices that honor her. Right? From a position of worth and value. You take care of what is precious to you it doesn't mean anything to you, you're not going to care for it. And that goes for yourself too. Inviting curiosity, guys, is a game changer. It was the beginning of everything for me. Mark Groves actually was a huge part of my journey and is still such a huge part of my journey towards healing and growth and really knowing myself. And ultimately, He was one of the first people that really invited curiosity in me. What if it isn't the way that we think it is? Can we hold it? If it doesn't turn out the way that we want it to, can we hold it? Because the power isn't in you figuring it out and saying, well, I had an expectation and it didn't work that way. Therefore, I'm broken as if you can read the future and predict what needed to happen, what you hoped to happen, but rather looking at it going, hmm, all right, I can be disappointed, I can be frustrated, I can feel what I'm feeling, and know that there's no such thing as control if it did happen the way that it did because it's out of my control, or else it would be, I would have chosen something different. A lot of times things happen in ways that we would not predict and we are simply projecting onto the future what we hope it to be based off of a lot of times what we know the the past has been. But what if the future was so much better than the past? What if the future 
had the ability to create a whole new life for you? What if the future involved healing and love and consistency and stability in what you can control within yourself so that when life comes at you, you know what to do. You feel prepared because you got your own back. It's not any longer a reflection of your worth, your value, your ability to show up in life. No. This is a situation that you're having to navigate live. This is our first time here, y'all. I say this all the time. There will never be an, another moment exactly like this one. Never. Between the dynamics involved, the people, the timing, the, the way the light is, the way the weather is, there will never be a day, a moment in time like this again. You will never recreate it. That's the magic of life. There's no such thing as a second chance because it's just a new chance. We don't need to repeat. We need to let go and we need to release and trust that there will be another chance. Life is forever filled with the next choice. No matter what the past choices have been, you will still be presented with multiple choices today, tomorrow, the next day. What will we choose? How can we begin to cultivate a spirit of curiosity without judgment? Without shame? We shame ourselves, y'all. We do it as a society. We do it within family dynamics. We do it. Shame is the most unproductive, hurtful, awful thing. My identity was shame my whole life. I, I truly hated the person that I was. Not that I wanted to, but I just, I didn't know any better. And I beat her up. And I can tell you that does not lead you to where you want to go. That desire in you for more and for better, for all of these things, shaming and disciplining and punishing ourselves for failure, for mistakes, for needing to learn will not help us move forward. What helps us move forward is a plan that actually teaches us a different option. A lot of times people who really struggle with, I know this has been very true for me, with feeling like we need to punish ourselves is because we were punished every time we made a mistake. Or we were shamed when we needed to learn and we needed somebody to hold space and compassion and say, no, 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 honey, let's let's look at it this way instead. Or I wonder what would happen if if we tried something different. We normally just continue doing what has been done to us. So when we're punishing ourselves and we're shaming ourselves, can we ask, when did that start? And so often the answer is, when we were young. It's just the way it was. So what do we do now? One, begin 
to cultivate the ability to step back, to zoom out. For me, that was in meditation. That was in becoming still. And really giving myself the space to zoom out a little bit. To see the person that I was and also see the thoughts that I have. The thoughts that I think are not who I am. That is part of the processing that my brain does. But that's not who I am. I get to choose what thoughts I believe are ultimately the truth. What lands for me, what I feel is the truth and what I know to be true. But I am not my thoughts. Cultivating some skill or some tool that allows you to zoom out so that you can begin to question what comes up when it does come up. Two, when you're in a position where you feel triggered or you feel a big emotion or something that makes you feel flooded or something that ultimately you wonder, man, why am I doing this or why am I the way that I am in a way that comes off in judgment? Try to picture the little version of yourself. Whatever age comes up for you. Look at a baby picture. Look at, I have on my screensaver a picture of me as a kid. And I just think sometimes, what do you need from me? What is coming up for you? What am I attaching to this? Because of the fact that I am now able to really kind of step back and look at the thoughts that are coming up for me. What am I attaching to this? And what if that wasn't the truth? What if it turned out completely different? And instead of immediately judging and diminishing and invalidating the hope of maybe that there's better, or maybe that we can approach it from a different angle, because in the past, this, that, and the other, don't let yourself do that. Just allow yourself the space to say what if. And see what comes up for you. The more we begin to question and the more that we realize ultimately, whoa, wait a second. Do I really believe that? Do I really believe that? Or is that the voice of someone else? Is that the voice of what I know based off of my experiences, the people in my life, the social pressures, the cultural pressures, all of these things? Is that really true for me? And beginning to invite curiosity in every area, we will realize ultimately more and more, wait a second, what do I think? Really? How do I want to feel? Really? What if that isn't the case? What if the world is limitless? What if awful things can happen to me and I still can overcome it and I can still show up in a different way because I have the ability to choose how I respond to it. And when I'm curious and when I allow the outcome to to be a little messier maybe than I hoped it was, and understanding that no matter what happens, I can still take the next right step forward and it doesn't have to mean anything about me. By first developing the skills of zooming out One and two, becoming curious in the things that we do think and the things that we do immediately believe without even really paying attention to it. 
Number three, becoming the observer and not the judge. How can I observe my life? Observe my choices? Observe my thoughts? Without making a judgment. I know how much harder that is to do than it is to say. But these things are like muscles. If we never start, we're definitely never going to get stronger. And it's by practice that we get better. So starting to just begin wherever you can to incorporate these three things. It's a game changer. It's, it's absolutely changed the way I view everything. You are so much more than what you think you are. And there's so much potential in this life, guys. Like, it blows my mind. Because I realized for the longest time, the fears, the biggest fears, the things that I've carried that have held me back, a lot of them have happened. And I'm still going, still here. So if those things can't stop me, and a lot of times the things that stop me are really myself, then if those things can't stop me, who can? There's power here. And I know we can take that back. I say all of this with so much compassion and understanding how hard beginning this journey is. You are brave and courageous for wanting more and for beginning and just starting in a different step forward, in a different direction. It is brave. It is warrior's work to face the things in us that we are scared to face. But I promise you every time, I've only ever met another part of me that just needed my love and attention. So let's start getting curious so that we can meet the versions of us that just really need us. Because we can change things. And what we can control, which is ourselves. So I'm sending you so much love wherever this podcast finds you. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you for being here and spending your time with me. And I hope that if you enjoyed this podcast, you would leave a five-star review. It really helps me get this out there and into more ears and subscribe so that you can be part of this journey with me and be up to date on all the wonderful things that are to come and share this with somebody who might need it. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for being here. Such a gift to be able to share this process and this money journey with you because I'm right there with you. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love, so much compassion. Let's keep doing this thing one messy step at a time. Mm